0: Hello, and welcome to The Breakdown, with me, Ewan Healy, a new format, part of the Europlex family of podcasts. In each episode, we will use interviews to dive deep into the most pressing issues and influential stories across electoral politics in Europe. When young former government minister... Emmanuel Macron announced his plans to run for the French presidency backed by a centrist party he would create in his own image. Politicos in France were surprised. This surprise turned to shock when he shot ahead in the polls and emphatically won the first round of the 2017 presidential election and then went on to emphatically win the second. Over the last five years, dogged by crises, he has led a government as a strongman, known for his relationships with Donald Trump and Angela Merkel. Now the time has come for his re-election. Macron is attempting to be the fourth president in French history to achieve a second term, with Macron campaigning hard on government reform, which of course was one of his key promises in 2017, and by his strength in response to the Ukraine crisis. In the first round on the 10th of April, Macron was able to retain about the same level of support he received in the respective first round of 2017, with 28% of French voters choosing him over other candidates. He was followed closely on 23%, by Marine Le Pen, daughter of far-right politician Jean-Marie Le Pen. Marine Le Pen has made reforming the dynastic party Rassemblement National her lifetime mission. Her second-place finish has set up a first repeat contest in the second round of the French presidential election since Valérie d'Estaing and François Mitterrand met in the 1974 and 1981 elections. Closely behind Le Pen sat left-wing candidate Jean-Luc Mélenchon, with Yannick Jadot, Fayenne Roussel and Anne Hidalgo falling by the wayside in his stead as Mélenchon confirmed his place as the dominant left force, though failing to enter the second round himself. Meanwhile, other right-wing candidates, including new entrant Eric Zemmour and Les Républicains Valérie Pécresse, also failed to have an impact, both receiving less than 10% of the vote. We are now looking ahead to an exciting second round fight with the Europolx polling average in collaboration with Euractiv, currently sitting at a 54 to 46 ratio with Macron just edging out the far-right rival. With me today is one of the best voices in polling and politics in France to help you and us understand a little bit more about what's going on in this upcoming election de Kosovo, de Metohija, despomie Serbie. When they think that in Danien Street the rules are not being properly followed. Hey, 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 monsieur
1: Macron, c'est la succession de cette politique catastrophique, mais c'est une maison commune que nous, nous construisons ensemble. Monsieur Viktor Orbán. <coughs> <cous>
0: Now, with me today is a research and account director at Ipsos, one of the world's largest polling and research firms, and a noted lover of colorful maps. Mathieu Gallard, welcome to the Europolx podcast. Thank you for your invitation. It's great to have you on. Now, let's start off, I think, by taking our minds back for a second to 2017. TikTok was just a sound that clocks made, Uh, the World Cup was heading to Russia next year and no one except medical professionals owned a face mask. Many of Europe's uh, elites breathed a sigh of relief as plucky upstart Emmanuel Macron defeated far-right opponent Marine Le Pen emphatically in the second round, winning two-thirds of the vote. Now we are back five years later to the same two candidates facing off. How are we back here again, Mathieu?
1: Well, I think, uh, as you said, Emmanuel Macron was uh, largely elected in 2017 and he had quite a difficult term, actually, uh, with many, many crises uh, in the world, but specifically in France. Uh, If you remember, in 2018 and 19, there was this uh, yellow vest crisis uh, in France, which was a, a very strong popular movement. Just after that, you had the pandemics. And now we are in the middle of the uh, Ukraine crisis. Uh, This crisis actually tended to help Emmanuel Macron to face his uh, re-election, especially among uh, some specific segments of uh, French voters. And I'm thinking about uh, senior voters. Uh, Five years ago, he was not especially strong among this category of senior voters. Now, in the first round, he uh, came first and strong first uh, among the senior voters. These voters tended to see him as a good manager of the country uh, in a time of crisis. They are not enthusiastic about uh, Emmanuel Macron, but they tend to think that uh, he's incredibly better than uh, his opponents, uh, especially Marine Le Pen or Jean Luc Mélenchon. So, this explains why uh, Emmanuel Macron was quite successful in the first run and is uh, quite likely to be re elected uh, this uh, weekend. Uh, now, Marine Le Pen, she had, yeah. <laughs> Quite difficult campaign actually because she she faced uh, the, the, the the rise of uh, Eric Zemmour, the far right uh, polemicist. Uh, but actually, she she won convincingly among the, the right wing and the, the far right uh, voters, uh, mostly because she ran a very strong campaign, not a campaign based on uh, only on immigration, on law and order issues, and so on, as she did in uh, her past campaign, on as her father before her, but because she ran a campaign centered on uh, social issues and especially on the purchasing power issues, which is, uh, as we see in our polls, uh, the the first worry of the French public. These are the the two main elements uh, which explain the first uh, round results we have seen, and why uh, Emmanuel Macron and uh, Marine Le Pen are fighting against after uh, five years.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting how we are in quite a different global context to where we were in 2017. But these candidates have both managed to change their platforms to a certain extent and change their communication to basically make the, the very different scenario work for them today, which is very, very interesting to see. And, and one thing you mentioned is the social policy focus of uh, the election so far, particularly on the cost of living crisis, which, of course, is, is huge across Europe and, and the purchasing power crisis, uh, as it's known in France. Another big issue, of course, is, is Ukraine, and the environment's also played a big role in these election campaigns. Can you just share with us a little bit about which candidate is stronger on which issue or seen as such by the general public? Obviously, as we're recording now, it's Thursday the 21st. Last night was the main election debate, and these were the issues that were defining that debate.
1: Well, uh, Marine Le Pen is strong on uh, this cost of living issue. It was clearly not the case five years ago. It was not such an important issue for the public, and she she didn't uh, actually run on it. But this time, she uh, makes sure to visit many many uh, small villages or small cities around France and to 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 see uh, many 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 voters. And she's viewed by the public as more close to their, uh, to their worries, close to their feelings now than in the past, because she moved from uh, being uh, focused only on immigration to go on uh, a different set of issues during this campaign. And it considerably helped her. Now she's still quite weak uh, in terms of many people in France still believe that uh, Marine Le Pen is not able to manage the country, especially in a time of crisis. And Emmanuel Macron, it's exactly the opposite, actually. He's viewed as a man who actually deals quite well with the different crisis of his uh, terms, both the Yellow Vest crisis, the uh, pandemic, and now Ukraine. But he's used also as quite arrogant, as quite far from the preoccupation of the public. And it's probably something that he tried to change during the campaign, but but he didn't quite well, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, what uh, explains why uh, Emmanuel Macron is uh, still the likely winner of the election, even if with a considerably reduced margin uh, compared to five years ago, is that... In my opinion, in a time of crisis, uh, the public will choose someone uh, viewed as strong in order to face this uh, crisis. Now, uh, you, you talked about the other issues. Cost of living was very clearly the main issues of the campaign, but uh, other other aspects were quite uh, important. And I'm especially thinking about the climate change issue. Basically, Marine Le Pen and Emmanuel Macron are not very strong on this one, but Jean-Luc Mélenchon, the radical candidate, campaigned a lot on this uh, environment issue during the first round campaign. And it helped him to attract many young voters, many urban voters, many uh, well-educated voters, and it helped him to get a very strong result and not very far from Marine Le Pen in the first round.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting one because we've seen uh, Emmanuel Macron in the last couple of weeks since the second round try and pitch hard for those left-wing voters who voted for Mélenchon in the first round and are concerned about issues of climate. And we've seen that in his... speeches, he's made a big emphasis on the climate issue and there's been suggestions in the French media about uh, Le Pen and being something of a climate sceptic, particularly with her policy of cutting taxes on on fuel uh, and things like that. Do you think that's going to sway left-wing voters who obviously don't have a left-wing candidate in this election to back him? Because obviously in in 2017 he received quite a big support from those who were sort of voting against Marine Le Pen. Is that going to happen again this time?
1: Well, it will probably happen, but in a weaker uh, way than five years ago. It's what we call in France the Republican Front, which means that uh, voters of the candidates eliminated uh, tend to support the opponents of the Rassemblement National, the far-right party, in the second run in order to, to, to make sure that the Rassemblement National candidate will not be elected. And it tended to happen both at the national and local level in the past. Now it's not uh, as strong as it was in the past, this uh, dynamic of uh, Republican front. Uh, if you remember 20 years ago in 2002, Jacques Chirac was elected against Jean-Marie Le Pen with 82% of the votes. Uh, five years ago, Emmanuel Macron was elected against Marine Le Pen with 66% of the votes and now he's around 56 uh, in our last uh, surveys. Now, the question you ask is very interesting, because I think uh, Emmanuel Macron's position and image among left-wing voters is quite bad now. When he was elected, he was seen as a very centrist uh, politician. Now he's seen by the public, and especially by the left-wing voters, as a right-wing politician. So many will think that his move on uh, environment, on cost of living, on institutional change too, during the second one campaign, will be quite opportunistic. And I don't think this is what helped him to uh, rise a little from uh, 53% in the, in the surveys just before the first round to 50, 56 now. What helped him, in my opinion, is just the fear of the far right. Um, Marine Le Pen' public image is uh, less toxic than five years ago, for sure. But among a large segments of the voters, her party is still viewed as a racist, as anti-democratic, and as incompetent. And now that uh, Emmanuel Macron faced her against well, these um, this aspects are, again, important. But they were not that important before the, the first round because it was, of course, a multi-cornered campaign. But now this is a face-to-face between Rassemblement National candidate and her opponent, and left-wing voters that tend to rally around the opponent, even if uh, in a weaker way than in the past.
0: Yeah, that idea of uh, French left voters and others holding their nose to vote for uh, the least worst option is one that we've become used to because uh, the French left have struggled in the last two elections, um, had very, very disappointing election results uh, this time and the previous time, including for the traditionally hegemonic Parti Socialiste, um, surprising sort of relatively popular or well-known, at least, Parisian mayor Anne Hidalgo uh, in the election who who really faltered. Um, to a very low level, including the Greens as well, who'd been talking up their chances this time round, particularly after a strong showing in the European elections in 2019. Um, what has gone wrong for the French left that they just can't get a foot in at the moment?
1: Well, I would not think this election was particularly bad for the French left because, of course, none of the candidates to go, go to the second round, but uh, at least Jean-Luc Mélenchon had a really strong showing. And he demonstrated that the left is not dead in France, which was a uh, Well, a possibility six months ago. Basically, I would say that uh, for center-left parties, the the problem was just that Jean-Luc Mélenchon ran a very, very clear campaign, coherent campaign, and a very strong campaign. And they were in a weaker position, both from a communication point of view, but also from a strategic point of view. because. Basically, in the past, before 2017, French politics was a bipolar affair between the left camp and the right camp. Now, it's more or less tripolar affair. I don't know if we can say that in English, but you have basically three three poles. The, the first one is a radical left one around uh, Jean-Luc Mélenchon. There is a, a liberal one, a center-right one, again, uh, around uh, Emmanuel Macron, and the radical right one uh, around Marine Le Pen. And the parties. Uh, which are placed between two of these polls are in a very difficult uh, position. And it's true for the centre-left party, for the socialist party, for the Green party, but it's also true for the traditional right-wing party, Les Républicains. Basically, voters are just asking what they are really standing for and from which of the main polls are the closest. Is the Green Party or the Socialist Party closer to Jean-Luc Mélenchon or to uh, Emmanuel Macron? This is not absolutely clear, and it's exactly the same for Les Républicains. So traditional parties, which are now considerably weaker than in the past, are in a very uncomfortable position, and they will probably still be in the next years. That's a very interesting perspective. Now, we look ahead
0: after the Uh, presidential elections go ahead and as you say that the polls are close but it does look like Emmanuel Macron will edge over his far-right rival we look ahead to in a couple of months to the French parliamentary election which obviously comes later now we remember back in 2017 after Emmanuel Macron with a sort of new party went from uh, no representation in the French parliament to through the parliamentary election a a very emphatic victory um, winning just over 50 percent of the vote. This is not expected to, to go down the same route again this
1: time, is it? <laughs> A very tricky question, to be honest. Um- what uh, you need to know is that um, since 2002, we switched from a, f- a seven-year term for the president to a 5 years term, which is the same length than for the, the MPs. And also now the parliamentary elections are systematically uh, before uh, after sorry, the presidential election, uh, which means that they are viewed by the public just as more or less a confirmation of the results of the second round. So, so since 2002, no new president didn't get a majority in the National Assembly. And for the voters, and the turnout is now very low. And it's very important because one of the uh, aspects that uh, we, we need to remember regarding the parliamentary election is that it's a, it's a two-round voting system in which if you want to go to the second round, you need to be among the two first candidates or to get 12.5% of none of the voters, but of the registered voters. So basically, if you need to receive more than 12.5% of the registered voters in the first round to go to the second one, this means that, for example, if the turnout is uh, less than uh, 50%, you will need to uh, receive more than 25% of the votes, uh, which is basically impossible if you are in a third position. So... This means that it will be in uh, the vast majority and in basically all constituency, bipolar contest between uh, only two candidates in the second round. Uh, wh- why do I, do, do I explain this? Uh, because uh, we still don't know uh, all uh, the election will look in terms of coalitions. For example, what will happen on the left between uh, Jean Luc Mélenchon's party and the center left party, the Green Party, the Socialist Party, but also the Communist Party? If they go to the parliamentary election uh, divided, uh, well, they they will have a very, very weak uh, result. But if they go united in coalition, they could uh, make uh, strong gains. And it's the same on the radical right. What will happen between the Rassemblement National and the new reconquête party from um, Eric Zemmour, we still don't know. So so, so I really don't know uh, what will happen during this parliamentary election. But to be honest, I would be rather surprised if uh, Emmanuel Macron lost his majority, uh, because what... We expected before the first round of the election is that only Les Républicains, the traditional right-wing uh, party, uh, would have been able to really be a threat to Emmanuel Macron. This is because this is the only party which has many uh, incumbent MPs, the only party which is uh, very uh, rooted in, in many uh, rural areas in France. But now the party is totally in shambles with a terrible result of uh, its candidates. Valérie Pécresse. So, so to be honest, I don't see how uh, Emmanuel Macron could lose his majority. Maybe he will need some uh, turncoats from uh, Les Républicains, for example, uh, if uh, his his majority is uh, not stronger, or if he wins only a plurality. But it will be not difficult for him, in my opinion, to form a government.
0: And here's a very important question about this specific issue in the French Parliament that so many. Uh, people who follow election polls across Europe like to ask is, is, there are just never any
1: polls for the French parliamentary election. Why is that? Because as I told you, before the French presidential election, it's basically a nonsense to carry out a poll, since we have no clue regarding uh, the the coalition, the alliances system between the parties. And this, this coalition, they have a huge impact on the results another point is that before um, we still don't have the list of the candidate of course since we don't know these uh, alliances and uh, this is hugely important in uh, parliamentary election in France while the personal factor of the of the candidate could have a huge impact especially in rural areas and uh, political parties tend to change the candidates quite easily so so we we need to to have the, the the specific list of the candidates before carrying out a survey of parliamentary election we will probably still wait a few weeks before releasing uh, our first one
0: thank you very much for indulging that last question there it's just a question that we always ask within the Europlex team as we of course we love the polls uh, Mathieu, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. This has been really interesting, and I think this weekend's election will have, of course, very big consequences for Europe, depending which way it goes. Uh, but if Emmanuel Macron does stay, I think we will be interested again for another five years of watching his politics and his popularity struggle uh, within France. Uh, thank you very much, Mathieu, for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much. You've been listening to The Breakdown by the Alex podcast. I've been your host, Ewan Healing. The managing editor was Polychronous Karampalas, the episode was edited by Alex Figurski. the music was by Jose Alvarado, and as always, everything we do would not be possible without our patrons on Patreon.